Let's begin with prayer. Father, help us now as we come into your presence. We thank you for Jesus, our Savior. We thank you that we can come to the Word of God and find solace in the time of need. Thank you, Lord, that it gives us strength, it gives us encouragement, and it gives us the power to keep on going the way we're supposed to go. Be with each one today listening. Help me as I give the message. We pray that Jesus will be honored and glorified and that we will benefit from our time in the Word today. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Trusting God in the storms of life. Have you ever been in a storm? Well, you say, well, maybe not a real storm, but I think most of us have. We've sure been in plenty of them on the Amazon River, I'll tell you. I've told you about some of them. But there are all kinds of storms. We all face storms. There are health storms. There are family storms. There are financial storms. There is a storm of death. There is a form of in, there's a, there's a storm of employment. There there are there are storms in the church, and there are storms in our amongst our friends and in your own life and in your family, and it just goes on and on. Life gets pretty stormy at times. If you need to learn how to trust God when any of these storms come your way, my friend, then I trust that you will listen because this message will help you. It's interesting in the uh, introduction, as, as, you look at, uh, as you look at Mark's gospel, it's interesting in chapter 6, verse 45, immediately he made... He made, and that word made means he invited or strongly urged his disciples to get into the boat and go before, to the other, before him to the other side to Bethsaida while he sent the multitude away. And when he had sent them away, he departed to the mountain to pray. So those are the three introductory re- remarks about about. Uh, trusting God in the storm, you see. Uh, what he did is that he, that he put him in a boat, he sent him away, then he went up to pray. What a wonderful Savior we have. Well, how do you trust God and how do you trust the Lord in the storm? Well, I believe in the first place you trust the Lord in the storm, number one, by following his orders. Now, I find this absolutely intriguing as I read these four stories about the same story, really, about the, uh, he had just fed the, uh, the multitudes, and then he put them in a boat and sent them away and went up the mountain to pray. But how do you trust the Lord in the storm? Well, first of all, you have to learn how to follow his orders. And this, to me, is intriguing because in Mark 6, 45, he says he sent them away to a place called Bethsaida. But if you read John 6, 17, which we can't do because we'd be turning all, we just wouldn't have time to follow. But in, in Mark 6, 45, he sent them to Bethsaida. But in, in John chapter 6 and verse, in verse 17, guess what it says? They headed for Capernaum. Pretty interesting, isn't it? It says they got into a boat and went over the sea toward Capernaum. And we asked the question, Why? It may be nitpicky. We're not trying to be nitpickers. But, you know, why did, why, did, uh, why did Mark 
write that they went to Bethsaida, but John said they went to Capernaum. I find it very, very interesting. Maybe, maybe they figured that the way to Capernaum was a much better route to take than going to Bethsaida. I don't know. But I wonder how many times, folks, you and I, we may think that we have a better way to do it than what God wants for us. See what I mean? Some wanted to go to Bethsaida. God said that. But they said, no, Capernaum. Sometimes God may speak to you and say and impress you that you should do something in some way. But you just say, well, I think I have a better idea, Lord. And so you do it. I've lived a life that's full. I've traveled each and every highway. But more, much more than this, I did it my way. I planned each chartered course, each careful step along the, by, the byway. And more, much more than this, I did it my way. Who do you think about? Frank Sinatra. I was given, I was given this at a funeral one time to preach for a person who had, who had passed away. And this is what they wanted. The whole, the whole service was Frank Sinatra. I'll do it my way. So what's the preacher going to do who's dedicated to preach Jesus? Well, I preach Jesus. I just, I just took Frank's words, and I just turned them into the gospel and showed people how that you could do it God's way instead of your way, and you'll land up in the right place. It was a wonderful time. <laughs> Friends, it's always better to do it God's way. There is a reason why you are where you are. It's interesting, James 4, 17, to him who knows to do good, that means to follow his orders, and doesn't do it, to him it is sin. Sometimes we sin, just say, Lord, I'm going to do it my way. Do any of us have the problem like Solomon, Solomon said in Proverbs 21, 2, one of my favorite verses, every way of a man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the heart. You can talk to men about every subject in the world and women too, and invariably they will think they are doing everything the right way. But I'm so glad for that little, that little phrase at the end of that verse, but the Lord weighs the heart. He's the one that really knows. Obedience is the best calming influence in the world when the storms of life come to us. Just do what he wants you to do. I know that many a times Margie and I have faced unbelievable storms and the thing that gave us the settled peace of God was this one thing. Lord, we knew you brought us to this point and so we know everything will be okay. And that is so true. You can make it through the storm when you know that God has allowed you to come there for a reason. You see, uh, Isaiah 30, verse 21, this is the way, walk in it. Yep, I love that verse. <clears throat> There's so much in God's word about leading. So I hope that we learn today about trusting the Lord in the storm, that first of all, we'll just learn how to follow his orders. When he tells you to do something, do it, my friend, because that's the most important. I read an interesting uh, a rent, uh, interesting thing about a, a TV news camera crew that was on assignment in southern Florida 
uh, filming the widespread destruction of the Hurricane Andrew. Remember that when it hit down there? In one scene, amid the devastation and debris, stood one house on its foundation. The owner was cleaning up the yard when a reporter approached him and said, Sir, why is your house the only one still standing? How did you manage to escape the severe damage of the hurricane, he said. The man replied, I also built this house according to the Florida State Building Code. Ooh, what a refreshing thing, huh? When the code called for two-by-six roof trusses, I used two-by-six roof trusses. Hmm, what an innovation, huh? Um, I was told that a house built according to code would withstand a hurricane. I did, and it did. I suppose no one else around here followed the code. When the sun is shining and the skies are blue, building our lives on something other than the guidelines of God's word can be can be tempting, but there's only one way to be ready for a storm, doing it God's way. There's another way that we can face the storm, dear people, not only by following his orders, but in the second place, accept, accepting the circumstances. What were the circumstances? Well, in verse 48 it says, then he saw them straining at, roar, at rowing, for the wind was against them. In other words, he had told them to get in the boat and go to Bethsaida, but now there was a wind blowing. Boy, more than that, I think it was, it was a storm. Uh, and the wind was against them. So that's one of the things we have to learn in life is, is to, to uh, trust the Lord in the storm, is to learn how to accept the circumstances. Be joyful. I've preached on this several times here at church. James 1, 2. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Uh, this goes against the grain, but that's what God says. When you fall into a trial, when you go into a storm, just remember one thing. Count it all joy. Something that you and I do not like to do, but God says do it. God knows what's going on. When Jesus commanded disciples to get into the boat and go to the other side, he knew exactly what was going to happen. You see, there are no surprises to God. For us, there are, of course, but not for him. The next time you find yourself in a situation that seems unsurmountable, just remember, God understands. Another beautiful part of this is in Mark chapter 6 and verse 48. He saw them straining at rowing, for the wind was against them. You see, we oftentimes think we're alone. No one cares about us. No one sees us. No one gives a hang, as they'd say in the world. But yes, Jesus allowed them to go into the storm. And Jesus caused the storm to happen. I read, a, I read of a, a body shop that worked on cars. It says, there were cars all around and a great big sign that said this, we meet by accident. <laughs> not so for the Christian, not so for the Christian. It's all by his design. When are we going to learn Romans 8:28? For we know that all things work together for good to them who love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Do we believe it or not? 
Don't get discouraged. Don't get discouraged. They had gone only a three, they'd only gone three or four miles. That, that's only halfway across. John 6:19 tells us that. Three or four miles only, only halfway across the, 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 the Sea of Galilee. How many have been on the Sea of Galilee? Some of, yeah, we, we've been there. Been there, done that. In fact, my brother took us one time. We had communion service in the middle of the galley. I'm glad there wasn't a storm that day. You see, folks, the, stor the, the storms of life are interesting because God sends them as a test. Now, do you know what a test is? If you read the scripture, you will find that a test is sent by God to bring out the best in us. Exactly the opposite of what you and I are thinking about when a storm comes. God wants to see how you're going to react to the storms he sends our way, no matter what they are. But now there is the word temptation, and we, we don't mix those words up because a test is sent to bring out the best in us. Temptations are sent by our adversary to bring out the worst in us. See how that happens? You can read all of this in James, James chapter, in James chapter 1, it, it tells you all about it when you have time. Chapter 1, verses 13 to 15, let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. So don't ever say that God is tempting you, because he does not. He doesn't do that. You get yourself in the own mess, your own mess, because of you, because of your sinful heart, my sinful heart. Because the devil wants to bring out the worst in us through a temptation. Well, so much for the second point, accept the circumstances. The third point is invite Jesus into our circumstance. Now, <laughs> Jesus ordered this trip and he went up to the mountain to pray or wherever he went. <clears throat> there are four things about the storm. He sends us into them. He prays for us while we are in the storm. He sees us while we are in the storm, and he is always available to us when we are in the storm. And if you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and all these stories, you will find that that is true. Uh, Jesus had not come to them, it says in John 6, 17. They got into the boat and went over the sea toward Capernaum. <laughs> there goes Capernaum. And it was already dark, and Jesus had not come to them. He was up on the mountain praying for them. That's where he was. <clears throat> Mark 6, 48 says he saw them straining at rowing. He saw, and he, it says, then it says he came to them. Well, he says he, in the watch of the night, that between, that's about between 3 and 6 a.m. Boy, they'd worked a lot. They were, they'd worked all night. That's all the further they got, halfway across. He came to them walking on the sea <clears throat> and would have passed them by why do you suppose that he came close to the boat and then just kept on going? Because it was a test. He wanted to see if they would be willing to invite him into their situation. And folks, sometimes we get so foolish in the storms of life that we think we can do it ourselves and we don't invite Jesus to come in at the right time. They didn't recognize him. Maybe that was a reason. You know why they didn't recognize him? Because they weren't expecting him 
And we can get ourselves into such problems that we don't even recognize Jesus even when he's there passing by. Shame on us. They didn't expect him because they didn't recognize him. Sounds like us today. One of our colleagues in the Amazon, excuse me, you guys who are flyers, one of our dear pilots had a mishap in Peru. That was just a a couple hundred miles above where we were in in Benjamin Constant, Brazil. And he had to to come down in in a little little shallow river, really a shallow little job, but he could just barely get the craft on it. It didn't crash, but it was not good. And would you believe it? One of the passengers put his face against the window and he said, boy, I can't see a thing out there. It's pitch black. And the guy next to him says, it would help if you look through the window. (laughs) He had his face against the aluminum of the the plane. (laughs) Sometimes, Sometimes we're not looking for Jesus because because we're not really expecting him to be there. He doesn't impose himself on us, dear people. He would have passed right by. And then they, John 6, 21, then they willingly received him into the boat. Oh, how precious that is. And you know, it's amazing. What does it take for us to willingly invite Jesus into our situation? Now, we can say that maybe in a practical way we do. You might say, well, Ralph, don't argue with me because I always, but, you know, sometimes in a practical way we do not. So let's learn to bring him in in a very practical way into our situation. Enjoy God's provisions. That's what I like. That's the last thing I want to talk about. Enjoy God's provisions. When things get tough, we are usually glad to have him help us, right? After inviting him into the boat, a miracle happened in verse 21 of of John 6. You know what it was? It says, immediately the boat was at the land where they were going. Isn't that interesting? Now, I don't know how that happened. Uh, Jesus can do miracles, but they'd worked all night. And when they invited Jesus and he finally got into the boat, what do you know? The boat was on the shoreline. Miracle. But that's the way Jesus does things. He makes the storm of our life so much better when we allow him to come in and be a part of it. I'm just so glad that that we're allowed to have such a wonderful Savior that that, uh, does this. I noticed the strange chain of events. I've already mentioned, but just let me show you. In Matthew, it says, they came to the land of Gennesaret. That's neither Bethsaida nor is it Capernaum. Isn't that interesting, those names? They were headed, Jesus said, go to Bethsaida. They said, no, we're going to go to Capernaum. But then when Jesus came in the boat, guess what? The boat landed up at Gennesaret. Pretty interesting. Sometimes he changes the course of our lives. I have a brother who's 91 years old, been in Singapore for 64 years. Guess where he was going to go as a missionary? He was going to go to Brazil. You know Ralph and Margie Polson, guess where they were going to go? They were going to go to Indonesia. God shut both of the doors, sent my brother to Singapore, and sent 
Ralph and Margie to Brazil. Isn't that amazing? So he changes the course of our lives often, and he can do it. And I hope you're willing to allow him to do it, even now, allowing you to see that you need to invite Jesus into this situation and let him be the one that directs your ship. Let us bow in prayer. Father, <clears throat> thank you so much for Jesus, our Savior. And thank you so much for the practical aspect of your word. Oh, how deep and precious it is. Lord, help us to trust you in the storm. Help people today to trust you in the storm. There are doubtless people here in the service today who are going through a storm that we don't even know about. We never will. We don't have to know. It's none of our business. But Lord, you know. I pray you will help them to reach out to you and ask you to be in their lives and take them through this storm. Lord, there may be some here today that don't even know Jesus, never trusted Jesus as personal Savior. Oh, Lord, I pray, I pray that you will speak to their hearts today. Just let a lost soul look into your face and say, Lord, I'm a, I'm a sinner, and I know that Jesus died for me and shed his blood upon the cross of Calvary and help, and help them to come to you for forgiveness of sin so they'll have a, a home eternal when they die. Speak to our hearts, Lord. Just continue to let your word do its work in our hearts, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.